Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the freshest edition of the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast. Thanks for being with us, everybody. As always, you can download this by going to iTunes, search Permission Granted Podcast, or the normal DA show iTunes feed, also on our website, daoncbs.com. So there's so much to get to here inside A. So we'll start here. 12 DAs of Christmas. We will begin the countdown next week. At some point next week, probably Wednesday, we will begin with number 12 already of the 12 DAs. Snuck up on us quick. But uh, we really need to get gear here this week as a show to make sure that this can begin on time. We owe it to our listeners. And there are, it is a litany of candidates. Let me tell you. So here's the thing. We're all in agreement now that Torg cannot be tackled at number one. You know, Pete brought up an interesting thing. He doesn't think Torg is number one. He doesn't. He doesn't. Well, that could skew everything because you only need one voter. I know, and it kind of annoyed me. So we got very animated on Monday about this when I emailed the list. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. And I have no problem telling you what the debate is because we're going to talk about a lot of this openly. He really believes that Jody Mack is number one because of how much it's real. He thinks it's lived on more than Torg Bellinger as far as drops go. And Pete is always thinking in terms of drops. Oh, and we forgot to play the new Jody Mack today on the show. Just remembered that, yeah. We have a new Jody Mack. We'll definitely play it in Wednesday's show. Jody Mack had a dry sneeze over the weekend. Pete's point is he thinks more than any other storyline that took place this year, the Jody Mack... Mac attack is really the moment that drove the entire year. Okay, so. I, I, and that's an argument to be had. I think Jody Mac's Mac attack, wet sneeze, everything, has been an identifiable benchmark for 2018 and the show. But how much of Pete putting it number one is that this has been kind of his baby? Yes. Like the Mac attack he's been putting together as the montage. He's too close to it. And I will say... To naturally being me, pat myself on the back. Every time this debate comes up yearly about the 12 DAs, I always like absolving myself for any morass related moment because I'm too close to the situation and I let you guys you know, figure out where those might stand. I think Pete is too close to this. And Pete is, again, trying to prove his worthiness to be the number one spot. Let's give you some of the, well, let's give you all the candidates right now. Mraz doesn't understand what Super Bowl Roman numerals this would be. That's a classic one. Yeah. Jeez, you forget that's even this year. XX3 stripes. <laughs> also, Mraz thinking that it's called a pride of dye, a group of deer would be a pride of dye. I had some year. 
late January, Anthony Pierno, a.k.a. AP, recaps WWE's Raw 25th anniversary. Very funny moment. Very funny. Underrated, because nobody really talks about AP because he's a behind-the-scenes right. guy, doesn't work on the show every day. But as the grown adult taking the chair home that day, that was very funny. Yeah, and really trashing the whole proceedings. <laughs> right, said he paid a ticket for nothing. February, Bilotti has a new JFK assassination theory, one that none of us had ever heard. I forget what the theory was, but it was so ridiculous. Yeah, and you could tell how Pete controls the drops because we never go back to whatever Pete said there enough this year. So I really want to go back and listen to that. I cracked up remembering that. Yeah, there was some totally off-the-wall theory that he had And we had blank stares on our face. What happened to Pete? Like, that kind of deal. And then he's like, no, I read it in a book. And I, I'm like, I've never heard of that theory. And then somebody else said, no, I read it in a book as well. It's a commonly held conspiracy yeah, theory. So then I, I looked it up, and I forget what it was. It was very funny, though. You had, oh, Dave Friedman, Super Dave, was from the Olympics when the, he well, he was our curling insider as the U.S. Team USA curling Won the gold. He compared curling to baseball. Okay. Every Dave Freeman moment from the Olympics was great. I forgot the Olympics were this year. You hate art from February. I don't remember that at all. That sounds like a that sounds like a rant that I've heard you make multiple times over the course of our tenure together. Okay. Fair. March, Torg Bellinger. Yep. Level one. The hero. I mean, shortly there. Wow, Torg Bellinger was March 1st. March 2nd was Brock eating the actual crow. That's a big back-to-back, belly-to-belly. And see, a lot of times when moments kind of have combined, you've been like, well, put this with this. I don't. I think Torg Bellinger was so off the wall that you can't combine it with Brock eating the crow. Right. I agree. I mean, Brock eating actual crow out of a crock pot that looked like death. It gets overshadowed. How many times you see a pregame show overshadow the game? And that's what happened here with Torg Bellinger and Brock eating the crow. Really is true. Mid March, I melted down after the Browns trades. You, you, I know what you lost it because you thought when people were saying the Browns could make the playoffs this year, people were nuts because they went zero and sixteen, and you hated the draft picks. You hated going after all these guys. Saying but this Browns. wouldn't. This would have been before the draft. So I, not the draft. So maybe you hated the Jarvis Landry, Tyrod Taylor. Everybody was overreacting, saying the Browns are going to be relevant again. Hmm, uh, by okay. the way, they're relevant. They are relevant, but they're not five hundred. Nah, it's true. March sixteenth, Hurricane Jen calls in and calls Kirk Cousins Kurt Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> Kurt Cousins. April, I trash you and Schwartz over Sister Jean. That was when Sister Jean was hot. And- yeah. You didn't like that I was going after an older woman, and the one person who had my back on that was Schwartz. And you basically called us two dopes. That sounds fun. A couple days later, you boo Giancarlo Stanton. You call him a pig. <laughs> oh, no, I think we <laughs> you call, call you. me a pig. Yeah, we call you a pig. You booed him on home opener day. <laughs> Mid-April, you think Rosetta Stone is Sharon Stone. <laughs> 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 then after that, you melt down after the Yankees lose 14-1. to I don't remember that. All of these, by the way, were documented as somebody <laughs> told me to pull them as we came throughout the year. April 12th, simply labeled Fatties Can't Fit at Wrigley. <laughs> this is where they did all that new renovation. And heavy people were upset that they weren't fitting in the new seats at Wrigley Field. <laughs> yeah. After that was me eating death by salsa. Excellent forgotten moment, yeah. too. You couldn't speak. Yeah. Right, that has to be in there. The only time I did play-by-play properly in my career. Me and Robbie both eating the death by salsa. Late April, you hate the Saquon Barkley pick. Guy's been a decent player. Decent. (laughs) May 2nd, labeled Jody Mack is dying. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is how everything was labeled. Through, like, at the moment, this is how we've labeled everything, not going back. So that's Jody Mack and his phlegm attacks. May 22nd, sales girl tells Mraz you like that, big boy. That was the start. May 22nd. So that's a situation where you could do a combo yes. when she's later revealed. Exactly. June 5th, Mraz is tired of people not sharing food with him because he is gross. That's made a rejoin. So you can't have it both ways, that rant. Right. Well, look, I tried to split a donut and you wouldn't touch it. <laughs> June 18th, Mraz thinks Jacksonville is named after the Michael, after the Jackson 5 and Michael Jackson. Doesn't that seem like it was eight years ago? So we skipped through July. Nothing hitting in July. A lot of off time. A lot of vacation days. I was also in Hawaii. You were away. Yep. I might have had one of the 13 weddings. I don't yeah, know. sure. Definitely. August 9th, Mraz can't figure out where Montana is with his drive to Boise. It's funny. That set up the Boise trip as well. At Cleveland, it's two hours past Cleveland. August the 14th, Mraz thinks you can be done for the day quickly in every city. Done for the day is definitely a... That's one of my favorite bits. And we've been told by several listeners we don't do done for the day enough. Yeah. And we've met them. I know. I love done for the day. August 28th, Mraz versus Bogish on Bogish's career. That spiraled and led to many PGPs in the aftermath. That's a top 12. No Absolutely question. a 12DA. You kept calling him kid. Kiddo. Hey, kid, kiddo. September 12th, Mraz calls DA a skinny elitist. I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I'm going to have to listen. This is why we go back and listen. September 20th, Superstorm Robbie makes Mraz leave the studio. That was, if you're going to do any Robbie moment, that was the one where I had enough and I walked off. That was a couple weeks in. I couldn't take the singing anymore. September 25th, Mraz drinks dirty water on Boomer and Geo. Now, I don't know if that's an us moment. I would agree. I would agree. I don't, I don't think that's relevant. You drank like fish tank water. Just pulled the less. Pulled nonetheless. September 28th. This will be a stuck in the chimney because I don't think it could be a 12 day of Christmas. But you saying you're up the butt picks instead of up the gut. <laughs> it's a very quick snippet. It's right. not really like so a that's long. that's probably a stuck in the chimney. Yeah. Up the chimney. Up the butt picks. October 12th, Mraz after the Giants-Eagles Thursday night loss. That's where I guess you officially melt down. You start crying. I just yeah. want a quarterback. I'm done. Yeah, that was the real. Just give me a quarterback. That was my heaviest rant of the year. October 19th, Mraz doesn't know where the textile is. <laughs> the textile bowl. I said if you go to school for textiles, you need to recheck yourself. <laughs> and then finally, November the 8th. You like that big boy revealed. No, that's a solid list. Boy, that's a big year. That's a huge year. That shows you how much stuff's happened I forgot about. You eating the death by salsa I forgot was this year, too. Robbie. Also, note that's not even in there is the whole wienership controversy. We had wienership set up. We had the whole thing with Robbie. Robbie then bailed at the last minute. I had to go eat in the street with that's Badlands why it's Booker. not in there because usually we pull the wienership, but it wasn't done on the air. It might make the 12 DAs of Nomad. I don't know. <laughs> good list. It's a really good list. So, listen, we're a week away. we got to get this together. So it begins on Wednesday. Next Wednesday is when we're going to start this. That makes it Wednesday, December 5th. We're going to start the 12 DAs. Got to have it. 
All right, Side B is coming up right now. A very special guest for Side B. He's going to put you at ease with his dulcet tones. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. So it's my very, very, very great honor, and I'm excited about this, to introduce our next guest. We don't get to play this open enough on the show, and so I'm going to play it for you right now. But she'll instantaneously recognize his dulcet tones, and he is able to really provide us a very calming influence during troubled waters. It is time for Breaking Bad News with Joey Waller. He's the only man in America who can make you feel good about really terrible breaks in life. It's Breaking Bad News with Joey Waller. Joey, good morning. How are you doing? Morning, DA. You remember the number. I remember the number, and it's funny because I don't know if you've been following the Battle of the Bulge, Mraz versus Robbie Rosenhaus, a.k.a. Huge Freeze, but in this, if Mraz beats Huge Freeze in football picks by the end of the regular season of the NFL, Huge Freeze is then banned for life from my show, and a listener the other day said... If you're going to ban Robbie for life, at the very least, have Joey Waller break him the news. And if we do this kind of like ceremony where he's banned, banished, you should kind of be the MC. I don't know if you're up for that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can, I can use the work. I mean, who are we kidding? <laughs> what do you think about, about Huge Freeze? I'm a big fan. I, I feel like I'm in the minority. You are in the minority. And you may recall D.A., and I, and I give you full credit, of course, for really helping for his on-air presence to blossom, but you may recall that I really discovered Rosenhaus a couple of years ago, <laughs> back, when, back when the common phrase used to describe him around the newsroom at 345 Hudson was, tough to take. <laughs> and I said, no, uh, you've got to look past it. You've got to look yes. past the strikeouts. Right. It's, you know, we're in an analytic age. Uh-huh. And, and you got to look into, you know, some further details to really appreciate the full value. But I, yes. I feel like I first spotted the Rosenhaus ability in the Atlantic League and that you basically plucked him from there and took it to the next level. Is that so, fair? I, I didn't know that you had identified his talent, but I think that the analytics metaphor is a perfect one because if you were just looking at normal stats, batting average, strikeouts, RBIs, whatever – you know, you're getting caught up in that Robbie is going to show up late for work or blow off a shift or taunt you about the Minnesota Gophers or the Minnesota Vikings, talk your ear off about inane stuff, but you're not realizing the value he brings, the charm, the wit, the humor, the voice that can sing. So that's more like war or whip or yeah. all types of advanced analytics. When you discovered him, quote unquote, what did you what did you see in him? There were two things. One is I thought a lot of people were giving him a hard time just because, as you well know, where we work, it, it's so high school clickish. It's like 13th grade. Yeah. You know, right away, people want to exclude the new guy just because he's new. Like, mm. who's he? Mm. How dare he infringe upon our territory type of thing? Especially I mean, if that guy has hot takes. Yes, almost like... Who are you to offer your takes until you've 
been silent for the first year that you work here. Like, you have to go through some sort of probationary period. And yeah, Robbie can come on a little strong. He can be a little, a little much at times, but I found him to be very funny, both intentionally and unintentionally. I'll give you a great example of the latter. I can remember one time he came limping through the newsroom, and I said, what's going on here? And he goes, well, I've got the gout. And I thought it was funny, A, that he was just coming right out and telling me that he has gout, and B, that he put the word the in front of it, having it join the likes of the Bronx and, you know, I've got the AIDS. Well, it's funny because I consider you one of the funniest guys in the building. I know I'm always going to get an honest laugh when you and I talk. We're on the same wavelength we got the same type of sense of humor same references so you and i are i think simpatico in this and you do a list of the funniest people in the building they they used well you used to do them i don't know if you do them anymore did you go on hiatus on this hiatus is a good word kind of hiatus the way larry david goes on hiatus <laughs> with <laughs> people ask me when is it coming back and i say eh, when i feel like okay so you back. do the wally awards <laughs> and you've always been able to identify good humor in people i think you're an observer like i am i think you ever get a very good sense of humor so Thanks. i i appreciate your thoughts on this and i like very much the validation that you saw the same thing that i saw in robbie because as you said People can be blinded by their dislike of his opinions, of his work ethic, which is, look, those are two of his flaws. Certainly his work ethic is part of his flaws. But if you are coming in at unbiased, Robbie is one of the singularly most funny guys and witty guys in our building. Wouldn't you agree? Wow. You've really become a major supporter of his. Huh. I, I guess, I, you know, I never I'm overselling thought of it in it? those terms. Maybe I'm overselling it. <sighs> Here's the thing. I think what he lacks are the consistent at-bats. Is that fair? I guess so. He's kind of, um, I don't know, he's kind of trying to think of a good sports analogy. He's kind of like the, he's kind of like the good third down back, <laughs> but I don't know that he could do it you know, on a 20 carries per game. So he's like level. a Darren Sproles. I was trying to think of Darren Sproles. <laughs> See, we are simpatico, D.A. <laughs> Absolutely. Was, but, yeah, I mean, no, no, there's no question that uh, he's a funny guy and he's a likable guy. I just yes. think maybe, I just think maybe, like I said, he, he kind of rubs some people the wrong way, rightly or wrongly initially. But I, but I think with your help, he's, he's, he's more than overcome that. Yes. Mark, Mark Carrion, a great pinch hitter, but you just can't <laughs> play him every day. Exactly. Got to pick your spots. So let's go into the Thanksgiving Day massacre, let's call it, because okay, on Thursday here at CBS Sports Radio, nobody wants to work the holidays, especially Thanksgiving, because it's one thing if you're Jewish and you want to work Christmas because that's not necessarily a family holiday, fine. You know, some people don't celebrate Easter around here for the same religious reasons, fine. But Thanksgiving, everybody celebrates, so nobody wants to work Thanksgiving. It's football, it's family, nobody wants to work it. The people that work it, let me ask you this. Is there holiday pay on Thanksgiving? Part-timers don't get holiday pay, no. Okay, so it's the same rate, so you're really taking a bullet because everybody has Thanksgiving, and so nobody wants to work it. The people that work it, you really got to give credit to. I've been there back in the, the early days of doing shows and holidays, trying to fill in, what have you. 
Thankfully, I'm at a place that I don't have to do it anymore, but I really respect the people that do. And the one thing you can't do is bail on that responsibility if you have agreed to it because it's too tenuous. It's just, it's a house of cards. It's a Jenga tower. You pull out one thing, the whole thing falters. Yep. So on Thanksgiving, Peter Schwartz is scheduled to handle morning updates on CBS Sports Radio, Darwin Zook, afternoon updates. Are you also working Thanksgiving? Are you in the building at that day? Yes, I was there for the for for the sort of uh, prelude. This I was there doing the early morning shift on wins, and so I was there when Marco Belletti arrived for his midday shift on FAN, and um, because uh, you know our our shifts were kind of crossing over by an hour or two, and um, so now I get home at the end of my shift, I get home, you know, maybe around 1 p.m. And my girlfriend mentions to me that driving to my house, she was listening to traffic and she happened to flip back and forth between winds and 880 in New York, the two big news and traffic stations. And she says, I heard Marco Belletti on both stations. How is that possible? And I said, it can only mean one thing, dear. Somebody dropped the ball. <laughs> so so this is kind of a, a whole group, a whole intercom CBS group where you have 1010 Wind, which is news and traffic. You have 880 WCBS, which is news and traffic. You have WFAN, which is New York Sports Talk, and you have us, CBS Sports Radio. So there's a group of update guys that need to handle all these updates. From what I've gathered, Darwin forgot i don't know do we know why he never showed up why he bailed in the shift i don't i don't know if it's become public why i'm not aware of it um of of you know who was to blame because we should let the audience know that when people don't show up it's not necessarily their fault sometimes there's a scheduling snafu where the person that does the scheduling um, made an error, which is bound to happen because those people do a lot of scheduling of a lot of different positions besides just the anchoring. So the short answer is I don't know why Darwin didn't show nor who's to blame. So Darwin's shift was 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. Is that right? I believe so. They've changed the network. I don't work at the network anymore. I only work at Fan. I used to. Um, I don't know all the ships by heart like I used to, but that's about right. Okay. So, so for some reason, Darwin is scheduled. Darwin does not show up. And so there becomes chaos in the newsroom at approximately, what, 1, 1 o'clock, one thirty, because Darwin's not there. And Schwartz is wrapping up his early shift. And at this point in time, Pete the Body Bilotti gets the call. He's at home on Thanksgiving. Pete, Darwin's not showing up. Where is he? There's nobody to handle the afternoon slash evening anchor updates for CBS Sports Radio. And this is where Pete the Body Bilotti, now in a position of influence and scheduling, has to kind of make do with what he's got. He's calling Darwin, from what I gather. He's asking Schwartz, what's his availability? And from, again, what I gather, this is secondhand, but from what I gather... Darwin couldn't make it in in time to to make the shift when he was finally he was contacted for, and Schwartz said, "I need to be with my family," so Schwartz wasn't going to hang around, and so that meant the bulk of this fell on Marco Belletti's plate, 
who was already handling updates for two other radio stations. So Marco not only had to double up his work, but had to, I think, do updates for like 18 straight hours. Is that possible? Well, uh, I guess it wasn't 18 straight. It wasn't supposed to be 18 straight hours um, uh, originally, of course, but it wound up that way. Yeah, because he essentially did three shifts in a row because it so happens, oh, by the way, that aside from being scheduled for the midday initially, he was also scheduled for the overnight meeting. He was initially scheduled, yeah, to work from 12 to 6 p.m. and then from midnight to 6 a.m. and was going to stay at the station in between, yes, because it didn't pay for for the poor guy to go home. And now he finds out that on that several-hour break he was going to have to at least take a nap on that lousy, fake leather recliner we have in the back and during the precious few hours that he was going to go maybe get some Lorna Dunes out of the vending machine and pretend it was turkey okay okay he winds up having yes to work 18 straight hours he basically worked his his shift quote unquote as it turns out the was longer than the NFL triple header combined <laughs> So not only is he working the holiday, not only is he working Thanksgiving, not only does he get no turkey and no stuffing and no mashed potatoes, he's got to work three straight six-hour shifts without sleeping. And this is all because, A, Darwin didn't show up for whatever reason, B, because Schwartz said, I got to be home with the family. So here's where I stand on this. You are of this community, so you might have a different perspective. I feel as though clearly Darwin dropped the ball. He was scheduled. Pete insists that it was double-checked, that Darwin had confirmed it. So that's clearly on him. But Schwartz cannot bail because when he says, I've got to go home to my family, Belletti's got a family. Everybody's got a family. It's not like these guys are orphans. It's not like Belletti is living underneath an overpass over underneath (laughs) Penn Station. He's got a family too. So Schwartz saying, oh, I've got a family I can't be around. I'm sorry because I could be mistaken here. But isn't the ethics, the rule, the law of the land for update guys, and this goes for hosts as well, if the guy after you doesn't show or the girl after you doesn't show, you are responsible until somebody shows. I know this has happened to me before. If I've been late to a shift, say I was late to my evening shift because I got caught in the tunnel or something happened, Gottlieb stayed on one segment or a half hour longer until I could get there. I've done this as well. If the guy after me can't show up, I stay on a segment or two later or whatever. The guy can finally show up or the gal to show up. Isn't that on Schwartz to to stay until there's a solution? Absolutely. And I love Pete, but that's a bad job out of him. And it's not like he's new. He's been there forever, either full-time or part-time like he is now. As you said, DA, whether it's anchoring, hosting, Really, any job in the building, producer, board up. Now, those two are a little different because sometimes if someone doesn't show and one of those guys has to leave, you can, during certain day parts, get away with just one guy behind the glass instead of two. But if you're anchoring or you're hosting, it's akin to being an air traffic controller or a police dispatcher. You can't leave until the next person arrives. Somebody has to be in that chair. And apparently, Pete, from what I gather, from what I've heard, kind of threw Marco a bone and said, I'll stay an extra 20 minutes so you can get yourself settled. I mean, 
Come on. I mean, at that point, it's even disrespectful. Okay, P, I don't even need you here for the extra 20 minutes. You're going to give me 20 minutes? Marco's staying 18 hours. Pete's going to give him 20 minutes? How is this fair? It's not fair, and, you know, Pete really should know better because, unfortunately, i got to get home to my family. Like you said, that's not an excuse. And, you know, listen, those of us that do this part-time and have other jobs like myself and, and, and these other people, the part-time anchors, to me, there needs to be a new set of rules in place going forward. And I suggest two things to tighten this up and avoid this in the future. And before I tell you what those are, maybe Pete Bellotti can go down in 345 Hudson Street history or address in downtown Manhattan as the guy that implemented these things and changed the system. Because think about it, Pete has been a behind-the-scenes guy who's been scheduled. Now he's the scheduler. Mm-hmm. He's kind of switched to the other. He's the Brody Van Wagenen of 345 <laughs> Hudson. He's on the other side of the table now, D.A. Right. So he knows what the concerns and the sensitivities are of both sides, both parties. The first thing that should be done, it's a two-step fix. The first thing that should be done is this. If you miss a shift, you get a warning. You get the friendly warning, the slap on the wrist. It's happened to all of us. That's strike one. If you do it a second time, I feel like strike two should be, you now get put at the bottom of the totem pole. You don't work unless... You agree? You don't work unless no one else can work. I think that's fair. You get dropped all the way down behind everybody's seniority because now you've been unreliable for for two different shifts, and that just can't happen. Right. And then if it happens a third time, you get the anchor, the radio anchor equivalent of the ISIS cage. That's it. You're done, and you should be made to wear an orange jumpsuit for a month so everyone in the building knows what you did. Get them out. Get them out. Now, the second part of the fix, which is really more big picture going forward, how do we not only punish people for doing this, but also just make the system better, which is more important. In my humble opinion, Mm -hmm. you see, the schedule at the network is different than the schedule at FAN because FAN has its own little quirks and things because some of those full-timers have been there a long time and they have certain scheduling uh, privileges, if you will, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but that have been grandfathered in. And, and as a result, the FAN part-time anchor schedule differs every week. The shifts that are available to be filled week to week constantly change. Whereas at the network, for the most part, except for one or two factors that occur at certain times of the year, to my knowledge, it's pretty steady. And off the top of my head, I think basically what it is is there are six shifts. It took about six shifts since they did away with Um, the way it used to be set up under the new system, six shifts a week, I believe, need to be filled. And really what they should do, DA, is instead of using a cast of thousands where a guy works one, one day this week, two days the following week, then you don't see him for a month, give those shifts to the two or three people, let's say three if there are six, and they're usually on the weekends, give those three shifts to each weekend day every week, to three people and say, these are your shifts. And let these other people kind of orbit around that and they work when the other people can't. Now, 
I've been told in the past by management there are two issues with doing it this way, which is why it hasn't been done. A, I've been told, well, the people that say they want to work steadily and have those shifts every week, then things come up and they can't work, and we're back in the same boat. Okay, well, if Joe Schmo says, give me two shifts a week, and then suddenly he starts screwing around with that and needing a replacement, then that guy's out and stick somebody else in there for two days. That's number one. Number two, I've also been told, well, and this is one that I really have an issue with, with all due respect to management, because I just think it's completely off. I've been told, well, you need to give work to a number of different people because in a pinch, if somebody bails out at the last minute, you can't expect someone to come in on a moment's notice if you haven't used them. Baloney. DA, when I started working at FAN 14 years ago, my job, quote unquote, was you work when we call you, period. And if a month went by, and sometimes it did in the beginning, and I hadn't gotten called, what do you think? I'm going to say to Eddie Scazzeri, who was doing the schedule at the time, sorry, Eddie, you haven't called in a, in, a, in a month, so you're out of luck. I mean, what are you, nuts? The chance to work on New York radio or on national network radio here for CBS Sports Radio if you're on the roster, it should be with that understanding initially. Look, we're hiring you, but at first, and it could change, hopefully it will, but right now, you only work when someone else can't work. And do you understand that you may go weeks or a month or longer without working? Because if not, we have no spot for you. Because believe me, there's plenty of people that would be more than happy to say yes to that. I, I, could, I know people right now that would be willing to do that. So what people Pilati should do is go to his bosses, because it's not his call, and say, I'd really like to at least try this. And then that way, three people can fill those six shifts a week, and these other people can, as I say, kind of be the, the, the pinch hitters with the understanding, if you don't like that, then we just we won't call you at all. That's fine. But the, let there be that understanding on everyone's part. And again, let the people that are getting those steady shifts know, yeah, if you need a day off here and there, fine. But if you start spotsing around too often, we're going to replace you. What are your thoughts on that? I think that that's all fair. I like a, a harsh critique on the schedule. I like very few strikes and you're out because I think it, it makes people more accountable. And, you know, tough beans. You know, if you screw around with other people's time, you get screwed on your time. I think that's totally fair. The other thing I would say is, I think the phrase baloney is going to end up being a drop in DA show history. I would also say <laughs> that on a holiday where it's more is on the line because it's a thinner staff. The people that you're asking to work clearly have to clear their schedules and go against the grain. I think you have to triple check, quadruple check, quintuple check that all those guys are coming in. If I was Bilotti, I would have the list of guys scheduled to work on Thanksgiving and have them actually physically initial. Yes, I have agreed to work this. I've got my blood signature contract on the wall. I agreed because I don't know what Darwin's excuse was, but if the excuse is I forgot or I didn't know I was scheduled or this was scheduled a long time ago, you know, you've got to hammer this home. And I would have an initial that, yes, I agreed to this and I will be here to remind everybody. And then also, if I'm Bilotti, I'm emailing and texting all those guys the day before. Hey, remember, you're scheduled tomorrow because I know we're all adults. We should be held accountable, but 
you know, what happened to Belletti is not Belletti's fault. Like, Marco should never have to deal with that. And that falls to making sure there's security blankets in place. How about this, DA? How about we take that thought a step further? If on a holiday you do slip up and no-show and cause a Belletti scenario. The Belletti scenario. We, maybe we go right to strike two or three. Maybe it's like akin to, to leading with your helmet. <laughs> it's the targeting rule of CBS Sports Radio. And the other thing that I would throw into the hopper, too, and again, I don't want to throw Darwin Zook, who's a, who's a good guy and a good anchor. Very good guy, wanna, very good anchor. Right. I don't want to – I like the guy. I don't want to throw him under the bus again. I don't know all the details. But I know when they first tried to reach out to him, if I'm not mistaken, for the first few hours there was no response, and that's fair. I mean, people have stuff going on. But there have been times where people – A, didn't show up for a shift, and B, I I mean, multiple times, D, I can name you names of multiple people that no longer work here, I won't, but who never responded to any messages for the entire six or eight hours that they were supposed to be working. Mm. Now, tell me if you, right now, tell me if you agree, if it's 2018, unless you're dead or have been hit by a moving train... (laughs) There's no reason to not respond, at least by text. That's right. And, and, and get back to work when work is calling you, even if it turns out that you're not in the wrong. Then at least call back or text back and say, I'm not supposed to work today, but don't disappear. Because I could tell you right now, when you A, disappear by not showing up, and then B, further disappear by not responding you're guilty until proven innocent, my book. I think that's fair. I think you get a four-hour grace period. If you don't respond within four hours, unless it's the middle of the night and you are supposed to be sleeping and the rest of the world is sleeping, you've got four hours. If you don't get back to me in four hours, you are hiding. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we've, I think we've really... I think we've started the ball rolling on some healing here, DA, and yeah. that's what the DA show is all about at the end of the day, isn't it? It's really about healing, and it's really about finding solutions where problems arise. And um, that's what we're doing here. We're doing, we're doing important work here, community service work. Joey Waller joining us here on Side B of the Permission Granted podcast. Uh, Joey, I hope to see you around here uh, a little bit more often because I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the next time we need any kind of a... Uh... Uh, a, a, a judge and jury type of a role filled with regard to uh, the radio station. You know who to call. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. A quick addendum on this PGP. We squared away afterwards as Joey wanted to make sure that we were very accurate on this, that Marco did not end up working 18 straight hours. <laughs> that would have been probably against some labor code or union code. He worked six and then took a break in between and then worked another six, but stayed here at the Station for All 18. He was present at the Station for All 18, but did not work all 18, had a break in between where he ate cold chicken fingers and a hamburger and fries for his Thanksgiving meal. Just terrible, disgraceful. That is the Permission Granted podcast. The 12 days of Christmas are here. This is all such an exciting time of year for us on the mothership. We thank you for being part of this. Until next week, 
the Permission Granted Podcast disconnects. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.